be an imposter because that is going to free you from the system that tells you that something is wrong with you because it's okay. It can make us desensitize this, the felt sense of what it's like to not have all the information or not knowing what you're doing and saying, I don't know, let me look it up, <laughs> you know? <laughs> You're listening to the Everyday as a Breakthrough podcast. I'm your host, Jaden Hummel. I'm here to invite you into living your most alive and aligned life possible. On this podcast, I'll be holding the mirror for your deepest truths and desires and giving you the permission and the power to not only follow your dreams, but to walk with firm trust in all of who you are and everything that you do. So if you're somebody who's here to live out your life's purpose and you're the kind of person who gets after it no matter what, this show is for you and I hope that you get the absolute most out of listening. Hello and welcome back to the Everyday is a Breakthrough podcast. I'm so excited to be here with you guys and also really excited to have Bola on the podcast today. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Jaden. Yeah, I'm so excited. I also like, before I introduce you, I just like to let everybody know where we are in the world. So I'm tuning in and coming from my house in San Diego. And where are you right now? I am in Chiang Mai, actually. I just landed last night around like one o'clock in the morning. So I'm like super stoked to be here. Chiang Mai, Thailand. I've been in Thailand um, the last few months. So I'm just really excited to be able to connect from all the way over on the side of the world. Beautiful. What time is it where you are? It's 10 a.m. in the morning. It's 7 p.m. where I am, but it looks dark where both of us are. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, guys, I'm super excited for today's show. And I'll just read your read your bio a little bit and, and introduce you and then I'll let you share some more too. But um, Bola and I connected through, we connected through a mutual friend kind of on the interwebs, which is always fun when that happens. I think you were on a retreat with some people who I know and, and we just connected through that way. And Bola is a licensed clinical social worker, a trauma specialist, a retreat facilitator, which is so dope. She specializes in helping overwhelmed Gen Z and millennial women heal their trauma without spending all their time and money on traditional therapy. And also you do a lot of EMDR. Is that right? Yeah. So. And so, yes. So as a trauma specialist, my main, main goal is to explore all the different ways in which we can heal trauma in the body. And as you, I don't know if your listeners know, but like trauma is such a, ugh. <laughs> when people hear trauma, it's like your whole body just like breaks down. Like they're like, end the call, end the conversation. We don't want to hear it. Hang on. So, uh, <laughs> so you can imagine that something so difficult to touch would be the thing that <laughs> would make me wake up. <laughs> alive and breathing and wanting to, you know, feel like I have a meaning and a purpose because we try to do other things, but our body will always move us into the direction that is, you know, the most, I guess, um, makes you feel the most alive, right? Otherwise, what's what's the point? That's so beautiful. Such a beautiful way to start off this episode. Mm-hmm. And if your smile was like any bigger, I think you'd be like blasting through my computer screen. <laughs> Everyone says that. Everyone says that. Everyone says that. It's amazing. That. It's mm-hmm. amazing. It's such a gift to, to be on here with you. And, and I, I want to ask, like, 
how did you get into working with trauma? And when, I mean, it's so beautiful the way you're talking about it. And you're just like, you have so much beautiful energy. And I just, I want to hear like what, what brought you into doing this work? You know, I went on this path, you know, if we just start thinking about like immigration, I mean, immigrated here when I was like five years old from a country where the drinking age is five. <laughs> so like, you got to understand that the concept of identity is built from childhood, from the moment you get your clothes and you get ready and your mom's like, oh, you can't go anymore. All that energy from being a child, getting ready to go to the park, you've been waiting all day and the mom says you can't go anymore. Identity is built from that moment. And people are like, well, how? How is identity built in that moment? So as an immigrant, right, coming into this country, there is a lot of things that you're really ingrained, like it's ingrained in you to believe, to think. And you don't question it because as a kid, right, most of us know that kids are, you know, very vulnerable, right, in a sense. So when identity is built in that form, like, again, you're getting ready, you're putting on your clothes, to go to the park, something so easy and free, right? Like think about all the things that you're getting from a kid going in the park, curiosity, adventure, like that's what we build who we are. So when these things are restricted over and over and over again, somehow the body as a kid starts to say, okay, what can I do to get more of this, to get more time? Like almost like as a child, like thinking that I have to work, I have to achieve, I have to work, I have to achieve, I have to do more. I'm not okay as I am. And so when I go back to like my own journey and of processing and going through my work in trauma, it really started with this ongoing thing of it's not enough, it's not enough, it's not enough. So now I'm like, did you want to be a clinical social worker? Like, <laughs> Like, like it was it just because you didn't like like law? Like I took poli sci my freshman year in college, and that's the only class like I ever fell asleep in and had to withdraw. And like it was so crazy. But even that experience was like, oh yeah, Dad, I can't go to law school. Like I fell asleep in uh, political science. Like isn't that the the main course that's supposed to give you the knowledge of like, yeah, you like law? No, I didn't like law. I didn't like government. I didn't like any of these things. I didn't like science. Right. So I was like, all right. Let's do social work, mm -hmm. right? That's kind of like the entryway. But then like moving into my field, into my career, and just background, I was in HR before and I realized I didn't give a fuck about people's birthdays and problems and shit. Like it just... <laughs> I'm going to guess you have an assistant now. <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> I'm like, I was in HR and I was like so miserable. I did it for one year, my first job out of college, like undergrad. I bet and I was everyone like, loved you though. Yeah, I was making forty thousand a year. I remember, and I was like, ah, yes. Like, I mean, that back then, that's a life since two thousand and fourteen, like two thousand thirteen, two thousand fourteen. So, you know, I was like, all of my friends like working in Target, <laughs> you know, after after graduating, and I'm like, round the shots on me, like I'm a baller, like. But I was just so so overwhelmed by mm -hmm. the fact that I was helping people that I really. I wasn't helping him in the way that felt meaningful. And so that was the way it started, really going into the work, not helping people in a way that actually felt meaningful. So that led me down a long line. And if you ask any therapist or social workers, maybe social workers get more the brim of it, 
But if you ask any of them, the straight line through who they are and where they've become in their field, it usually starts with them wanting to help people, which takes away a lot of attention sometimes off of them. Yeah. All right. I want to like pause you in that moment when you were like, I was helping people, but it wasn't in the way I wanted to help them. And I know that so many people can relate to that. It's like when you're in, there's this moment because I interview a lot of people who are doing work they love. And there's always this moment where they were like, okay, I, I was doing something and it was almost it or like kind of it, but wasn't fully it. And so many people will stay in that for the rest of their lives. But it's that moment of realizing it and going, you know what, there's something more aligned that I want or something more that I want to go to. And I just want to pause in that piece, right? For anybody who's listening and you're like, what I'm doing is 80% it or 50% it, like to listen to that and then to listen to what Bola is going to say next of there's more beyond that. And I, I just wanted to highlight that. I used to work in action sports and I was like- I read, I read your bio. I did, do, yeah. I did your bio. Yeah. I and I was like- And I was like, that was, it was like sort of it, but it wasn't enough. So I just want to highlight that piece because it is so important on the journey of actually getting to what it is that you want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you see a lot of people and you're asking like, why you're a therapist? Why are you doing what you do? And it's like, I love to help people. And when people say, I love to help people, it's great, right? Sounds good, right? But then you can see people who would love to help people and who also understand that helping people is helping yourself. And it's an energy that exudes off of allowing people to be themselves because you can be yourself in not being this cardigan therapist, right? Not being, I, you know, like I have a very long journey to how I got to how I got to, but it did take me to be something that I thought I was supposed to be before I got to the place where I feel really, really good about who I am. Mm. And the walk through, walking through this line, it took a lot of of you doing a lot of jobs, like you mentioned, trying a lot. It's all part of the hero's journey, right? Like, it's all part of it, right? Like, doing do the it. job. Yeah, doing the job. I worked at, um, so let's move through. So then I pretty much, like, after leaving HR, you know, I, I went and got my master's and I was working at Hopkins for three years. Hopkins let me realize I was like, I don't think I'm supposed to be a therapist. Like, I was like, I was like, I don't think I'm supposed to be a therapist. It was And this was when you were in school for being a therapist? This was after. This was like, this is, so I worked at Hopkins for three years right after I finished my master's. After, okay. Yeah, so I worked as a therapist for Hopkins. Got it. Right. Yeah, and then I was like, I I talk about how much I'm making all the time. I don't know if your people are skewish about that, but I feel like they used to safe keep all these things. And like, we need to know. I was making back then $20 an hour. Johns Hopkins was paying me $20 an hour. Oh my gosh. To do, to do 25 to 30 face-to-face contacts with high school kids every day. I wow. mean, every week. It was crazy. Like, it was like, if this is your introduction to therapy, I don't want no parts. Yeah. And so... Yes, like you wake up every day because of the kids. Like you wake up every day because like if little Timmy don't see me today, like who's going to cut his apples? Like, you know, like it's like you wake up with this, there's this, uh, I call it like vitality, mm. you know, that makes you not feel so stuck. So I don't think that, I say this all the time. I used to feel like, okay, well, absence of pain is vitality, but no, it's not. 
the absence alone is just like relief. It's just calm. But in order to actually get to that next phase, there needs to be that vitality. There needs to be that. It's not just the absence of it. So for me, for a long time, I was just having the absence of it. Mm. Wow. Nothing's wrong. Like, I'm like, yeah. nothing's wrong, right? Like, you know, this is it. This is, just- Ooh, this is <laughs> so good. It's so good. I'm so glad you're saying that because I also want to say I had this moment when I was working in my old job where I, they, they you made more money at McDonald's. I was working at like, <laughs> I was working, I got like a pretty good job. And I remember like, you literally, like I could have made more money, like serving food in a window. And I was working like overtime running million dollar projects. But anyway, I love what you're saying because who's relating to that? It's like, nothing's that wrong. It's not that bad. I have enough. I can eat. I can like live. Like, some people are proud of me. I'm like kind of proud of myself. Like sometimes <laughs> like, mm, I'm, I'm so glad you're bringing this up because I, I feel like this is a, again, I know I just said it before, but a place where a lot of people go, okay, cool. I'm going to, I'm going to settle here. This is enough. Oof. My heart just started beating really fast when you said this is enough. This is enough, but we're not asking if it was enough, right? If it was enough, because we have to get to that point of acceptance, yeah. right? Like if it was enough, then sit with the fact that like, let it be enough and not keep going through that hamster wheel because then that's when the abundance actually comes. That's a that's a whole nother conversation anyway. But yeah. so there was no, oh, no pain, right? Like there's no significant pain that like, I was like, oh, I've always had this, right? Like I remember before this thing, right? Podcast episode, my stomach like was like doing this little bubbly thing. Like I was kind of like anxious. I was like, I've never even met her. I've never even talked to her off camera. Like, I'm like, this is going to be so weird. And then in my body, I kind of noticed like the sensation of like, oh no, you can just, just go outside and go skip to my loo. So I literally went out and I just like, skip, skip, skip. and then I got here and I was like, oh, this is going to be so fun. And so there is this idea of, I could have just done some breathing exercises and be like, right? Absence. But then skipping like that reminded me how adventurous I am, how like curious I am and how like kind of just like, uh, hey, look at that rock. Like it's that inner child of me that lets me know that like for me moving through now, like I kind of can see where it made me want to be the fool. Like it made me feel like, okay, so what if you are like, I was like thinking about like, what if they're going to know I'm an imposter? Right. Cause that comes up like every two seconds. Right. Like, and then we were just like, wait a minute, but for you to be an imposter, like you have to be like afraid of being a fool. And I was like, <laughs> what if you are the fool? I'm okay with being a fool. Okay. Because the darkness of being the fool, what is the light that comes out of that? Like you don't take yourself too seriously. Wow. Right. Like then it's kind of like, if you don't take yourself too seriously, the idea is that you're not so the outcome. Yeah. And you just have fun. Yeah. I want to, I know we're going to like, we're going to keep tracking down your story of how, <laughs> of where, how you got here. But I, I want to, I want to talk about the imposter syndrome a little bit because you already had such a beautiful way of talking about it. And I know that so many people, I mean, a lot of people listening to this podcast are doing really incredible, extraordinary things, doing what you've never done before. And what comes up a lot of times is imposter syndrome. And I always think that, you know, I'm curious what you think, because 
the way I look at it is when you know this and people know it, if you're listening, you probably have heard me say this too. When we're doing something we haven't done before, right? It's like a red flag in our nervous system. It's like unsafe, scary, whatever. And with imposter syndrome, there is this part that you have never done something before. So you don't actually have that evidence built in your nervous system, but then you actually, you know, if it's true and if it's something that you want, you have to go out and do it. So I'm curious from, you know, uh, from your view with trauma and just following your purpose and all of that, I'm, I'm curious what your, I guess what you would say, you can answer this however you want, but like for somebody who's dealing with imposter syndrome, like what do you have to to say about it? So imposter syndrome, it, it, it mostly, you know, it's mostly women, right? Like, so let's just like, let's, let's just call it a thing. Like it's mostly women that experience, like, I don't know a lot of men that are, you know, like, oh my God, I'm <laughs> yeah. So so it's, very, it's very unique, right? In a sense, right? And I, I have that experience. But most people who are feeling it, in order for you to be in the space of an imposter, you have to have achieved something. Like, you can't be an imposter, like, washing cars. Like, like you could, but if you were, like, you could, right? But if you were, like, wow. washing cars for, like, all of that, in order for you to even embody what it feels like to be an imposter yeah the people around you are at that level as well so when i think so about good. it so yeah, good I love that yeah. and I, I always say too like the easiest thing you can do is go get a job you hate and like just do it like it's easy it's not hard like you know just go get a job that you're overqualified for and whatever so i love that you just said that about imposter syndrome like in order to have it that's actually a good sign. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And so, you know, I think what I would say to somebody who's experiencing that is to sit with the physical senses of that imposter syndrome and understand that the imposter syndrome, again, is just a residual, it's a physical. We need to, I always tell my clients, you would want to detach the sensation from what you believe is happening because the sensation, operating on its own, if we get rid of it, all of a sudden the thoughts, they don't really make sense anymore. Wait, what? Wait, what? Because you don't have the disturbance. But even the absence, right? If you think about imposter syndrome, if you do something really badass and you don't feel it, it's still uncomfortable. The body, it's almost like attached with the process of being an imposter because it reminds you of this aspect of yourself that isn't, and it's not like about like a worth thing, but it's like, um, I have to prove, I have to prove, I have to prove, I have to prove. So the idea that like it's enough may be very destabilizing for the nervous system because as a kid, saying to yourself that it's enough means that you're going to get less love, mm-hmm. you're not going to be liked. You're not so like we understand that nervous system. Yes, very, you know, just very unknown, just very exchange for the nervous system. But I think it's sometimes even deeper to the deeper in the fact that trauma restricts. Mm. And if trauma restricts, anytime something good, like I remember the guy ghosted me. I talked about this on my page. The guy ghosted me and I was not disturbed. No, after doing EMDR and, you know, ayahuasca, I was not disturbed by it. And then I was, uncomfortable with the fact that I was not disturbed 
Mm. But I, I ghosted me. So I called up my therapist. I was like, uh-uh. What is happening? I don't understand. Like, does this mean I don't like him? Or does it mean that I don't care about him? He goes, no, Lola. This is the first time your body is allowing you to choose. Wow. And it's very unfamiliar to you that you now get to choose where the energy goes. And when he comes back, do you choose to talk? Do you choose not to talk? If he comes back, you, we choose. But your body can be very like, so if this imposter syndrome, like you did, let's say like with something really good that like you're like, I get on the, um, one of my favorite interviewers, I'm able to interview with them on on their show and it's the lifetime goal that I've always wanted. And right before it happens, you have complete breakdown. But this is something you wanted for so long. Mm -hmm. Wow. So the system can be like, whoa, 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 whoa. It's the unfamiliar, but sometimes it's the idea that the last time something felt so good was snatched, it was taken, something happened. So this lack of not like having control over this thing, like kind of aligned with you, like, I don't know, this is unfamiliar, right? That not having control is the purpose that the imposter syndrome has. It it. gives us this ability to continue Mm. to have to keep working as long as I, there's a secondary gain to being an imposter. Yeah. And so when we understand that secondary gain, so for example, if I was feeling that before this, and I I would say to myself, but the secondary gain is that maybe now you're going to have to sit there and like work know, work more to feel like this is validating, like, oh, this went so good, but this is validating this. Now I have to do more work and do more research and do more and more and more and more and more as opposed to let me be an imposter. Love that. That's going to free me. Wow. So good. (laughs) I love that. Be an imposter. It's okay. Be an imposter because that is going to free you from the system that tells you that something is wrong with you because you can be the fool. And the fool is nothing wrong with being the fool, but you're not just the fool. You're also this smart, brilliant, talented person. You're also this, you're also this. So it's okay. Be the imposter sometimes. And once we did dive into that, it can make us desensitize this the felt sense of what it's like to not have all the information or not knowing what you're doing. And saying, I don't know, let me look it up. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I don't know. Let me look it up. So good. And I just feel like that's such a like such a breath of fresh air. And what I'm hearing when you're talking about this too is no matter if you choose to, you know, let the imposter syndrome run you and and like have this whole thing over it, or if you just choose to go, you know what, I'm just going to be the imposter. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to go forward. Nothing else changes. Like the way people think about you doesn't change. How qualified you are doesn't change. How smart you are doesn't change. It's just the, the thing that's playing on inside of you and rolling your life and what you then go to do. Things sometimes are just like the labels, like we're so we're so scared to dig, dig into the label. What does this label mean about me? Yeah, I get that. So interesting. Yeah, and so if, we, if we're gonna pivot right back to like, <laughs> my journey in this is that like, there's this illusion of, living a life where you're 
constantly like, okay, what's next? What's next? What's next? What's next? And so for me, I, in 2017, um, not 2017, uh, 2020, I was engaged. And that was a really pivotal point for me in my life because I was like, I was never worried about this. Like I knew it was going to happen for me. Like, yeah, it was also this thing of like, this is supposed to be what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. And so I didn't know a lot of things about this until obviously you reflect back and do the work after, but in that whole process, a big lesson from that most people don't realize when it comes to relationships. And I know this is not a necessarily an episode about relationships, but a lot of people don't uh, <laughs> or whatever, right? A lot of people don't know when it comes to relationships is that being honest, like just honest in who you are. And I think you talk about honesty all the time. And I'm like, girl, you get it, you get it, you get it. <laughs> Being honest about who you are, what you want is difficult to do when we are so afraid of rejection and abandonment. Mm -hmm. So it's destabilizing to say the least. I have about 80% of my clients are like, they don't even know that they're lying. And I, I, if it's okay for me, I can just kind of go along the lines of like, okay for me, I want to share about something that came up in my work. And I mean, Jaden, like when I tell you this, I haven't even made a post or anything about it, but when I tell you this, it's gonna blow your mind. I have this client and again, the reason why I'm, I just wanna preface this, the reason why I'm sharing this is because I wanna show you just understand the conscious and the subconscious. And so this is probably one of my biggest frustrations that I have. And this is, the, every moment validates these kind of things. So this client was engaged and she was engaged two weeks before the holidays, before winter break. Mm -hmm. And so during winter break, I usually take a break like 10 days or two weeks or so, like, so I don't see my clients. And so that's, that's a long time for me like, to not see them. So when I came back, there's like all these updates and all these things that like, you know, that's happened. And so I was like, starting off with my clients so like I really don't really ask them about their day and because we just go we just go straight into it right we go straight into the body because it's all playing a part of it but I asked her I said how was the holidays how was Christmas and she, she said Christmas was dope Christmas was awesome you know I got engaged so you know like I got to spend holidays with two families like you know just brimming like big smile on her face and you know, Jaden, I got 80% of my clients who are me, grew up in crazy family situations, yeah. who, who, who have crazy, crazy families, right? And so, and also like recovering from some people pleasing. So I look at her, I don't really go in, I don't talk to my clients. Like I keep saying that, like I don't talk. I said, okay, go into the body. So I had her close her eyes. I had her play Christmas like a movie in her mind. Now she's in tune now, so we've worked on her body a lot. So this is more of a client that's okay with going into the body. She's not disassociated. She's very in tune now after a couple months of EMDR. So she closes her eyes and I told her, 
run it like a movie, like you are a passenger on a train, watching it from the beginning to the end. The beginning of Christmas to the end of Christmas. And she's watching it and she's playing it. And I'm watching her physical sense. I'm watching her jolting. Like I'm watching. I'm Is she talking? She's just like, no, no. she's just in it. She's just in it. Here's the movie from the beginning to the end. And then I said, open your eyes. You know the thing about Christmas. Now come and think of it, Bola. Christmas was so fucking annoying. Like when I woke up, I my my, my fiance, he was getting on my nerves, kept asking me about all the times. And then his mother kept asking me to do things around the house. And I was just like so annoyed. By the time we got to my parents' house, like we had 20 minutes, all the fucking food was gone. Like we're sitting there like wondering like why are we here? And then my boyfriend keeps asking, my fiance keeps asking me to go back home. And now all I wanted to do in the car was listen to fucking Christmas music. He didn't want to listen to Christmas music. And I got home and I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to turn on my TV. I'm going to watch my shit. And then my boy, my fiance comes. He's like, I feel like your energy is a bit off today. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? And I was like, take a breath. The first 10 minutes of this session is your conscious. Mm -hmm. The last 10 minutes of the session is your subconscious. It's amazing. And I asked her, what would you have preferred to do in Christmas? I just want to lay up in the bed with my pajamas with my bed, watch all the home alones, order takeout. Now all of the roles, all of the expectations, he's the oldest born, who's going to do this? So then now we start to process what would it look like for you to see them the day before Christmas or the day after Christmas? What would you look like for you to maybe bring all the family in one place so you're not going to do, you know, like, because it's energy that this girl did not have being poured back into her because she was living a lie. And we started the session with saying, what's going on? Um, I'm so great. Christmas is so awesome. Blah, 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 blah. But then when we now get into what's making you tired today, I'm so overwhelmed with work, blah, 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 blah. And it all came down. Yeah. Yeah. Not making space for what she truly wanted because of the fear of rejection. Who, who's going to cut the, the carrot cake if, if Becky isn't here? Like, who gives a fuck? Like, <laughs> like I want to watch TV in bed and... I can make that happen in many ways. And so when it comes back to me thinking about relationships, it was very, very difficult for me to handle rejection. So if it's difficult to handle rejection, you'll always end up with a compromised version yeah. of anything. Yeah. It's not really what you really want. So, so good. And I, I love the, like talking about it like a lie, right? Because we talk about that a lot. It's like, if you're not being honest, you're lying. If you're being codependent, you're lying and you're not showing up. And, you know, going back to what you were talking about in the beginning of like going to the trauma and releasing it and being on the other side and talking about shame and guilt, like I just would love for you to just share and open up a little bit about like when you're able to connect to the subconscious and move through that stuff and see the shame and guilt and move through it. Like, what does that do for someone? Like, and, and it's so interesting. And I, I hope that as you're listening to this too, it's like, where am I lying in my life? Not consciously necessarily, yeah. 
terrifying and and why it's so important to get to the bottom of it and move through it it's so funny and you know i was i'm traveling with a friend this weekend and some i had some money things like my personal money not my business and stuff about business but my personal money just wasn't it it wasn't moving like the way i thought it was moving because i've been really doing a lot very poorly on budgeting and things like that and so i pretty much like she's visiting me like from out of the country and so you know she has these plans of where she wants to stay and i'm like have these like plans of like what i want to do where i want to stay and i abruptly because of my situation change plans on her and she goes into this like cold kind of like shutdown mode right? I feel the energy. She feel, you know, like when you're traveling with somebody, come on, you, you've been there. Like, get out of it. Y'all both feel, you. they said that if you can travel with your partner and get through a, a, a situation like this, y'all are good for life. Like, if you can get through that and one, because those are my like, first those, road trip, trip with my partner. I almost left him in Texas. We joke about it all the time. We're like, we almost yes. didn't make it. <laughs> yes, because it's like that means like you're actually honoring yourself in the situation if you're listening. Sometimes you're like, it's cool, it's cool, it's whatever. She went cold in the sense, and then we opened up the channel of communication. She's like, you know what, Bola? I know why that's happening. It's like she took the accountability. Like, I know, like, why that's happening. And it made me kind of take also the accountability of, like, I have accountability in this too. Like, you did this, I did this, we did this. And so when you're thinking about making space for this idea of shame and guilt, it's being okay with who the fuck you are. And it's less about that, but more about owning your shit. If you own your shit, it's, it's inviting. I want to be around people who own their shit. When you're around people who don't own their shit, there is this restriction yeah. that we feel. And we have to understand that that is where the lying comes in. Wait, this fear of, if I own this, what does this mean about me? That I'm defective? Yeah. Like, yeah. What does this mean about me? And so I teach my clients all the time. That if you can make, and this is just a thematic exercise that I just am going to put in right here, but if you, if you can figure out how to make that separation from you in your external world, everything in life will start to switch. Yeah. Because when we think about things like narcissism and all these things, it's like there's no separation. Mm. So if you say, Bola, your hair is a little crazy, oh, thank you. But I'm looking like her. period right because it's this separation of i acknowledge Mm. this perception i acknowledge what you're saying and how you feel about it yet in my mind in my spirit that cannot be determined by my worth and my ability to maybe to, to experience like you know anything we go deeper into it right we always go deeper into the fact that like what does that mean about me yeah, that, that's so good. It reminds me a little bit of like, we do a lot of parts work, but it, it's, I love that you like separate it. And it was like, there, I love the way you just said that, like creating separation. And when you were talking about not being yourself, it's like, you guys, like, have you ever like sat across from the table? Like, you don't want to be sitting across the table from someone who's not being honest or they're like, I don't, you're like, what do you want for dinner? They're like doing this like mental gymnastics, trying to like guess what you might want for dinner. And then like this whole thing. And you're like, just what the fuck do you want for dinner? 
I only say two, right? I like love this. It's so funny. But um, like if if I asked you like, what do you want for dinner? And you were like, I want chicken. And I was like, well, I'm a vegetarian. And then you could be like, well, let's have whatever. Like you can, there's dialogue. <laughs> then instead of like doing gymnastics, mm-hmm. then you can just have a, a fucking conversation and, and it's all good. And I, I just see the work that you're doing is so important. And if we lived, let's just all like imagine for a second, if we lived in a world actually joked about this. I was on a skate trip and I was like, could you imagine if everyone just said like what they meant? And I was in the car with someone who's the kind of person who doesn't say what he means. And he was like, if I could say what I meant, I would reply to this group chat and say like, and he said like the most like hilarious thing, like what he really meant about someone. And we all started laughing. We all felt the same way. And I'm like, if we just lived in a world where we all said what we meant, oh my God, we'd be in such a better place. Yeah, because you get exactly what they wanted. And not necessarily what they want. They would be in line with the purpose. And I don't think more people talk about purpose, which is what I feel like it's that vitality, right? And it's it's, and I use this example all the time when I do my retreats, when I do whenever I engage with a group of people and we're doing any seminar and I'm wanna I wanna show them like, okay, this is this is what is gonna help you every single day and you talk about this again on your page all the time about pretending like you're going to get that thing tomorrow yeah and that's something that i've always struggled with but when i'm struggling with that in going into the body i always say imagine knowing that most people know what their what is mm-hmm. what is it that she can do mm-hmm. i can write okay <laughs> I can sing, okay. And tell a good ass story, okay. But then your why is what transforms the what. Mm. So ch- ch- check this out. So there's this really good uh, YouTube video that I that I play all the time with my clients, and I help them to show them that this is what is the energy. If you work with energy and parts work, like what we understand as the what, sometimes it's just not enough, right? When I say it's not enough, it doesn't create the vitality that we need, right? Because when we're in shutdown, if we want to go like, I do use Peter Levine's example of being frozen for a very, very long time. And then when you become thawed out, there's this natural aggression that comes out that we have needed to have from childhood. And that natural aggression every single time Mom said this every single time. Did we couldn't do this every single time? You got like there's this frozenness that comes in. This is why you see kids jumping off from bunky bars, and their mom's like, no, 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 and the kid's like, ah, you gonna do this, right? That is the parts where there's no self doubt. Like the kid is jumping off bunky bars. Okay. He's not. He, he doesn't know what happens. He doesn't know about this this located shoulders. He's like, I'm one person. <laughs> I'm going. Yeah, but the the mom does because her nervous system has experienced that kind of danger, right? Has seen that kind of danger. The kid has not, not yet. And so, yes, we build resiliency and things through the body and all of these things. But if you're thinking about like this concept of having this concept of, I have to have this natural aggression to actually get what it is I want. Natural aggression is the thing, Peter Living talks about it all the time. It's like wiggling your toes. 
it's like me skipping and jumping. Like, it's like, it's like me saying, no, you're not going to talk to me like that. No, it's like me saying that really hurt my feelings. It's like me saying, well, on Monday I can, but Tuesday I can't. It's like me saying, well, you don't like my hair, but I do. It's a natural aggression that we have to have about ourselves. It, it's not aggressive. It's natural. Wow. If we don't have it, yeah, if we don't have it, we just, people just do whatever. Like life just happens to us. Like it's, it's, we're just stuck and frozen. So when you have this natural aggression, it's uncomfortable because the not, not having it, there's a reward. Mm. We don't lose people. You keep people around, even if they're good for you or not, you don't have to deal with the um, dis discomfort. So mm. it's the absence of, but also it's that I'm never gonna get to experience this natural aggression that I've been feeling ever since. <laughs> I did EMDR with my therapist. Uh, and so if I want it, I get it. It's already mine. Mm -hmm. If someone says, no, it's already mine. Mm -hmm. The natural aggression tells me, okay, move to the side. So it can come to me. Wow. It's like, so good. it's natural. You don't have to do anything. And so when you talk about energy, like if you pretend it's happening tomorrow, like if you like, it's happening tomorrow, your body, you start to operate, you start to embody it, you start to challenge it, channel it. But when you don't have that natural aggression and you're stuck in this guilt, it's from not being able to be yourself. Okay, all right, well, how can I do this in a way that makes sense to Jaden? Like, how can I do this in a way that makes sense to Bola? Like, that feels really fucking good to me. Yeah. Oh, I love I love that. And I actually have never heard it in that way before. And I also feel really seen because I can I have that like natural aggression. I feel like I like go through that in my life. And a lot of people, it's not at not everyone has that aggression, but it's that natural aggression. But it's so the way you just described it, it's like the child. It's like the natural thing. You're like, this, this is me. This is what I want. Not that. Okay. And I personally, I know you do, do too. And you are that I love being around people like that. It is so easy. It feels so beautiful. It's so great. It's like what I'm getting and reflecting back. And like, we go, people go through life thinking if I'm this way, they're going to think I'm this, or I'm not going to get that, or I'm going to be judged, or I'm going to lose people when really it's just, it's such a gift when someone is that way. It's such a gift to oh, be around. honest. It feels good. It's energy. I love how you say vitality. It's so, it's life. I have a question for you though. Like I know yeah. you're here, but I have a question for you. So in, in picking on you and kind of like, do you feel like you've always had that natural aggression or do you feel like there were things that had to happen in your life for you to really, really step into that, to embody it. Because, you know, I talk about being frozen for most of our lives and most people don't know they're frozen. You know, it's just the hamster wheel for them. It just feels like, well, this is what's supposed to be next. This is what's supposed to make sense. And then if you're in that zone, that natural aggression may be there, but we may, it may look a lot like aggression, like full on aggression, right? Well, you're sassing at people and you're like, I gotta go, 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 go get it, right? So, what we're seeing is something different. So the natural aggression is it's it's almost like I look like a, a gazelle. And a lot of most people support uh thing is horses. A lot of my clients, when they be an animal, they always say horse. And I say horses because horses are free, but we also what? We also ran on it. 
And when we roll, in, roll them in, it's not that they're like stuck there. A horse, you know, when it's majestic and it goes and it flows and it, you know, it's free flowing, there's this natural, like, there's a mystical aspect about horses. I don't know. I, I know there's some, there's more folklore to, to these things, but like there's a mystical aspect about it. And it's no wonder why 60% of my clients, if I say, what animal would you like to embody? Because I resource them with mm-hmm. animals and I, I do a lot of resourcing. Yep. So what animal would you like to use as a resource You're while you speak with this person? Like while you speak with this person? Like so 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 someone is having a hard time like telling their partner how they feel and I'm going in the body and I'm like, they're like, I can't because we're going into a future doing EMDR. And they're like, I can't. Like, I can't do it. I just feel so hard. Like I feel like he's he's gonna be looking at me weird. I'm like, okay, what animal <laughs> would you like to embody while you're telling him this and they always say horse that's funny (laughs) and i think it's interesting that they say horse because it's like horses are free right in the sense right you could have this free but this free aspect but they also have a choice to what we shackle them too yeah fascinating so the combination between having it not be one or the other that your horse, if you have a horse in the stable, like he's not just out, like, I don't know if you put him in a stable. I don't know much about horses, but like, I know that they put him in, you put him in a stable. And then essentially, you take him out and you ride the horse. Mm-hmm. Or you decide not to ride the horse and just let the horse be. Yeah. It's a choice. It's all a, a choice that you don't see when you're, hyper aroused, right? Hyper aroused, right? When you're, you know, in that parasympathetic nervous system, you may not see when you're in the other part of your nervous system, you may not see it, but natural aggression is kind of like in that zone where you're the sweet spot, right? Where you're ventral regal, you know, nervous stimulated and you're like, let's go, baby. (laughs) Yeah, I get Um, that. It's interesting that you asked where if I... I feel like it's just funny about me. I was just talking about this in the car today. We were on our way home from the mountain and I actually had the really like huge privilege of being raised in a way that was very much like, I I, like have to kind of say the whole part of the story. I was talking to a psychic and she said that one of my gifts said, she's like, you came in with this one gift from your past life. And that gift was trusting the universe and like trusting the flow. And she was like, that's the one thing that you came into the past, this life with in my family that I was born into, or that like, I think my soul chose was very affirmative of that. So I was very much raised and like, you can do whatever you want, whatever you say is yours, say what you mean. Like I was very much raised in that. And I think I had that, like I I was totally born with that. And then I think there have been parts of my life, you know, I go look at maybe like, late high school like there was definitely parts where I've gotten into freeze or have been more you know like I've I've been through cycles with it but I'm, one thing I'm really 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 like grateful blessed privileged whatever was that I actually had that experience mm-hmm. from a young age mm-hmm. yeah and so if you think about all of the things that your family I mean I'm sorry like I'm sure that like you know there are other things that like Jaden interpreted it as whatever, but like if you think about what, huh? For sure. I mean, everyone has. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, 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 right. 
But if you think about all the ways in which they gave you allowance, right? Not just money, right? But they allowed, you know, they allowed you, right? When you think about all the things like that most kids would say, as a kid, I wasn't allowed. 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 So a lot of the things that I wasn't allowed is the things that a lot of people need to allow themselves to embody. You know what I got right away? It, well, this is funny. I was born in the woods. <laughs> we like lived in the woods. So it wasn't that I wasn't allowed, but I was often like when all my friends lived in the neighborhood and they would like play with each other and like chill and like go to each other's houses. We were like 20 miles away, 40, like, you know, like into the woods, like in 40 acres. So I think when I heard that from you, it's like being out. It's not that I wasn't allowed to go out, but I wasn't really able to like for a lot of my life because we were kind of like trapped in the woods. Yeah. And I think that like, even, you know, we, we work into like, well, I wasn't allowed to make a mistake. I wasn't allowed to say how I felt. I wasn't allowed to. And this not allowed is like the translation to me is that you're not allowed to take care of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So natural aggression, again, is damn near hard, right? This is why like you can talk to somebody and be like, you can make $50,000 in one month. And they're like, what? No, like, I can't. Like, I can't do that. You know that you see the skill. You know they have the skills. You, you like, you know, if you're sometimes you're like, you're intuitive coach. So sometimes you can like look and you'll be like, okay, yeah, like, I can see the potential, blah, 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 blah. And you can guide them through that process. But when you start talking about the steps that they need to do to get there, will require a lot of rejection. Mm-hmm. And the body says, no, like what? Talk on a screen, put my face on a screen and actually <laughs> say, this is how you do X, Y, and Z. Like, like, like I really need to create a group for something about this, but it's so cringy for a lot of people. You have, you don't have any, you don't have any idea how many people like for you to sit in front of a camera and actually talk about what it is that you do. And for some of your follow, I mean, for your um, listeners, I'm sure that maybe they started this way as well. Like I definitely started this way. For some people, they didn't. But I feel like originally I was very much in the zone. And I think this is where the transition happened because you can see how things in life and expresses can restrict you. So originally I was very in the camera, outfit of the day, blah, 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 throughout college. Like, mm-hmm. I always, my name, just to show you, my name, because the earlier versions of ourselves are so, so, not say perfect, but they're just so amazing. But my name was Gosh Bola. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, my first name is Bola Bolale, but my name was Gosh Bola, meaning that I was really embodying this idea, like, again, come on, Bola, like, okay. The drama. <laughs> yeah, the drama, right? But I'm, embody this like oh my gosh like and to the point where like there was something freeing about this like Mm -hmm. the minute you tap into this thing that you cannot be there's this almost this embodiment of like I can belong here I don't have to fit in here and so for a lot of people they don't get to that point where they belong because in order for you to belong, you have to not try to shrink yourself or try to make yourself bigger than what you are. That's fitting in. Yeah. Oh my God. It's so, always gonna be so good. 
my brain is also pinging like all the things I wasn't allowed. It's funny because when you start to like, you started to go and you're like, da, da, da. okay, I loved, I want to like take every little piece of this episode and like put it into a capsule and just like hold it forever. I think this was such a great episode. I know for a fact that if you're listening to this, you're like, oh my God, my mind is spinning. I'm loving this. So many breakthroughs. You are so brilliant in the way that you share. It's just so incredible. And the work that you're doing is so good and so needed. And I feel like we just scratched the surface. We could sit here and talk for 900 years. But I was, I was like, I said it, I, I love this work. So you know that like, this, we can sit here, grab a coffee, grab a glass, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I just feel like so aligned to the way that you share and and show up in the world and you're so fun to follow online. And I know that the work that you do is so great. So I would love if you want to share for everybody listening, how they can find you, connect with you, what's going on in your world. Yes, yes, yes. So you can find me on the Healing Ventures, a community platform that we have. And I share all things about, you know, alternative ways just for you to think about your life, think about how you're living and Doing that from a framework that doesn't involve therapy, you know, therapy can be (laughs) the word therapy, trauma, all of these things can be so heavy for a lot of people. So my page is really for people who are just overwhelmed with their way of doing things and want to learn how to stop thinking so much and learning how to start feeling and doing what feels good for you. I show you how to get over the rejection. <laughs> we all get over it. <laughs> and so you can find me on Instagram. You can find me on TikTok. And I'm also, you can find uh, several different things that I'm working on, which uh, one of those things is my retreat. And I know it might be short notice for a couple of you guys, but if you're so, so down for learning about alternatives to healing trauma, such as using uh, plant medicine, I integrate plant medicine with EMDR. So what I do is I really prepare your body for such a crazy ass experience that you know what ayahuasca is right it's a deep healing experience and so by being able to merge the two you'll be prepared for this deep form of healing and then we integrate it and i'll work together as a community afterwards but i'm so happy that i got the chance to share yeah you guys definitely follow me follow my work and i'm looking forward to hopefully one day be back or have Jaden come on my podcast when i start mine i already have my cover and everything but like i'm excited <laughs> oh my gosh i just know i know that people will it's like always like a connection from the podcast so i'm excited to see um who connects and and what comes from this. And I also just want to reflect the amount after listening to this episode, the amount of allowance and choice to be doing EMDR and plant medicine retreats is just such a testament of your work that to get to that place to do something so unique and powerful, it just just shows that you're walking the walk, not just, you know, of, of doing all of your work. So, so beautiful. And thank you so much for coming on. I loved every second of this. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you love this episode, please share on Instagram and tag me. I can guarantee it will make my day to hear from you. If you want to stay in the loop for future episodes, make sure to subscribe. And as always, if this episode made you think of someone you love, or you know someone who would benefit from listening, please send it their way. You never know how you can impact someone's life. Until next time.